0: Searching for the right insurance at the right price isn't always a quick click on the internet. Deeks Insurance has been a licensed insurance brokerage since before Googling was a thing. So if you're looking to save on auto insurance that includes multi-vehicle discounts and first accident forgiveness or home coverage with enhanced water options, then start your search by typing Deeks Insurance. You'll already start saving on time spent searching the internet for the best insurance. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Insurance, where family matters.
1: I would say that the best thing about being a newlywed is the fact that you never have to leave the person, but um, that your love grows and grows.
2: The best thing for us is experiencing life in a new way. In the new chapter with a
3: companion and with my best friend alongside me doing life together. One of the best things about being newly married for me is having someone to help with the yard work because I hate mowing the lawn and so it's nice to have a husband who helps with that.
4: Well from the romantic to the practical we'll be talking with Bill and Pam Farrell today about how to make the most of those early years of your marriage. Welcome to Focus on the Family with your host Focus President Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller.
2: John, I love those comments from newlyweds because it is such a special time for a young couple, but it can also be fraught with a lot of emotional landmines. And we're coming back to a really great interview with Bill and Pam Farrell about this critical time in a relationship. And we wanted to air it again because it was so helpful. Yeah, uh, Bill and Pam do such a great job of sharing their highs, their lows uh, from their
4: marriage. And they really offer some wise advice about dealing with various situations. And. Uh, As we jump into the content, Jim, um, why don't you repeat a story that you told the Ferals at the beginning of our time together about the first nine months of your marriage to Gene?
2: Well, we had a a really unique situation, and I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, We went on a nine-month working honeymoon as uh, the technical team for a drug and alcohol prevention program at high schools across the United States, I think 17 states. So we traveled from school to school, town to town, and uh, put on this production, you <laughs> And, of course, we were together all the time, 24-7. It was just the two of us. So when we were done for the day, Jean, the introvert, would say, "Yeah, I'm going to the grocery store to pick up a few things. And I would say, as the extrovert, hey, let's go together. And she'd be like, uh, no, that's okay. I just need a little time. Oh, my. She just wanted alone time. I get that. And <laughs> uh, the good news is that you have worked through that kind of thing. And you've been married for, what, over 30 years now, I think, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And I think... 35 actually awesome. so i think um you know i figured it out soon enough mm-hmm. and i gotta say those early years are so critical in understanding one another and uh, that's going to be the focus of bill and pam's book called the first five years make the love investment that lasts a lifetime
4: it really is an excellent resource for any younger couples so get your copy uh, when you stop by focus on the Family.ca. Well, let's go ahead now and uh, get into this focus on the family conversation with the Farrells, and they really wanted to hear more about
2: this working honeymoon that you had, Jim. (laughs) Welcome back to Focus on the Family.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah,
2: Jim and John, it's good to be back with you. And uh,
0: those trips to the store, were, they probably were lengthy shopping trips, right?
2: <laughs> More than five oh, or ten no. minutes.
0: Wandering the hall. Just well, the problem, I was so dense, <laughs> I didn't even get it till later. Right? Like
2: I was feeling rejected. My wife of Aww. a few weeks or months didn't love me. Yeah. She wanted to be alone. Why would you want to be alone? I'm an extrovert. Right. I love being with people. And
0: being the <laughs> introvert in our relationship, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, there's times I just need a break from the action uh, to
2: regroup. <laughs> but it did, you know, this is a good place to start because it did really uh, rock our world a little, but we didn't have the maturity to even talk about it. Yes. We just kind of had questions in each and, of our minds. And it's minds. a great
0: point because we go into a marriage assuming the other person is like us. And knows us completely. Yeah, has the same needs, has the same approach to life, has the same way of recovering, likes to do a lot of the same things. They just look different than we do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and once you get married, you start to realize, wow, I really did marry somebody
2: different than me. Which
1: is good that those opposites attract. I mean, we True. don't need another of us. We need mm-hmm. that compliment. That well, God let's talk created. about
2: that big question, which is um, what is God's design for marriage? Mm-hmm. And why do you do it this way?
1: Right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, one of the opening lines in um, the first five years is your marriage is designed by God, your unique creation mm-hmm. as a team you know, God brought you together for a reason. And what Bill and I have seen is if you really believe that God brought you together as a married couple for a reason, then that's a bigger reason than my personal happiness or like, you're kind of making me mad today. So I'm like, so out of here. Um, But if you feel like, You know, there's a bigger purpose here, and we're called as a team so we can accomplish that purpose. You know, I'm willing to put up with a lot of idiosyncrasies in Bill and vice versa. He's willing to put up with some stuff in me because we're called to make a difference as a team, and there's something, you know, noble about that. Mm -hmm. But
2: how do you – as that early, uh, you know, newly married couple – how do you find that kind of wisdom? Because right. you're, you know, you're younger. You haven't had life's experiences the way uh, the two of you. How long have you been married? Thirty four years. Thirty four yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So you guys have had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of life's experiences. Right. You've learned. You've written books about how to how to create a marriage that works. Um, but again, if Gene and I were twenty five, um, talk to that person about. Uh, how to find that foundation. Because what you said, Pam, (laughs) the way that probably 80% of that group's going to react, yeah, I'm not happy today. What's wrong with that? He's making me unhappy. (laughs) And that's not ungodly. Why is he doing this to me?
1: (laughs) Right. You know, um, we have newlyweds in our family. And Um, they have already grasped this purpose that God's called them together for a reason. And one of the ways that they did that, I mean, of course, they grabbed great mentors. They have a host of mentors, not just Bill and I, but they were smart enough to go get mentors. And um, one of the things that they learned is, you know what, there's something unique about us. You know, I am a strength coach, and we met around athletics, and so... Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a good place for us to be plugging in as a newlywed couple. Like, what's unique about us? They stop to ask that question, and they're starting to find their way as in a ministry couple and in a marriage. And so it's fun to see them figure out who they are. In When they got married, a part of their vows was um, they wanted to be strong. He's a strength coach. He lifts weights. So they wanted a strong love. And so just knowing their word that kind of reflects who they are, that's kind of a fun thing to have hanging in your house. You know, what word would describe us and our love?
2: Well, that I mean, that is ideal. But uh, but see, th- I think young couples
0: learn it by asking other people. Mm. Because do we really expect young couples to have the wisdom you're talking about? You, you know, we live in a world where you just think it's magic. You you meet the right person, and suddenly you just know how to do all this. And it all works. <laughs> and and Pam and I discovered by accident that you really learn this from other people. Hmm. Because when we got married, we both came from homes that were not real healthy. Right. And we didn't want to repeat that. And and we had heard if you focus on what you don't want to be, you will become that. Wow. That's so all I ever think about. Okay, but where did I go from there? I, I, I was just kind of lost in mm-hmm. the process. I was enamored with Pam. I thought she was the most beautiful thing that ever hit the face of the yeah, earth. And yeah. I'm like, well, I, I hope love is enough because she's just awesome. She just sat up really
2: straight in her chair. That was The, the physical yeah. response the to power that of the that's right, I think good. she just blossomed when you said <laughs> that. But beyond that, I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Let's turn it back. We've got to connect with a little bit of real here. Okay. Uh, the first five <laughs> years of your marriage, yes. you're not going to get away without us <laughs> probing <good laughs> (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't perfect Oh Oh, no, no. oh no It's like Uh, so not perfect In fact, you have like a Christmas story that I know about Uh, I want others to hear this You you had a humorous Christmas story Um, What happened?
1: You know, we went home after our honeymoon we had a second reception so we're really newlyweds we're talking a weekend Yeah. yeah and so I went back to my hometown and we're staying with my mom and my grandparents give it this wonderful party and Bill met probably 70 relatives. Bill went from having four people he was related to to like 74 people in one day. So he was a little overwhelmed, L- little overwhelmed. to begin Did with. Did you, you win know.
2: the lottery or what happened? <laughs> well,
0: my, my family was just very isolated because my mom was afraid of people. Okay. And my dad broke with his side of the family. My mom broke with her side of the family. So we didn't do relatives. And but we're my, all about yeah.
1: family on my side. You know, <laughs> food, family. And um, so we're getting ready to go to a big family Christmas thing. And I... And a really innocuous statement asked about which shoes I should wear. And everybody in my family gave an opinion. And it became a crisis because whose opinion do I listen to? I mean, the Bible says I'm supposed to leave and cleave. And Bill's opinion on shoes is different than my mom's opinion on shoes. And I have to make a big decision right now on whose opinion. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. yeah, like and total meltdown. Oh, total meltdown because I thought, my mom's been through so much. I want to honor my mom, and this is so hard on her. But then, you know, I have to take a stand. I'm a newlywed, and you know, I need to line up with my husband. And so, what I, happened? Just, I just started to cry. I went to the other room, and Bill came in. And he's like, It's okay. It's okay. And my mom's like, It's okay. It's okay. Wear his shoes. Wear his shoes. <laughs> she was smart enough to know this is a leave yeah, and leave moment. And of course,
0: you, in my mind, I'm thinking, we're doing this over shoes. shoes? Yeah, right. shoes? That's, yeah. that's a good compared. guy response. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm,
2: I'm smart enough to know, don't say
0: anything right now.
2: Yeah. Okay. You know, See, you're, you're a young man of unusual wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that smart. Yeah. He but. was like, what
1: will help you, Pam? What would be the most helpful?
2: Yeah, but every fiber of my being is saying, what? Solved? Is this a simple it's thing? Shoes, man. Like we're crying shoe. over shoes, what's the what's thing going be like? Welcome to re- <laughs> re- <laughs> <laughs> In fact, this subject of leaving and cleaving, uh, it's mm-hmm. a good one. It's one of the most difficult things that a young married couple experiences, yes. and they, yeah. it, they need to get it right. And your example of the right thing for the man to do is a good example. Let's hear a clip from uh, another uh, worried person about what to do.
1: My mother-in-law drives me crazy because she calls my husband every single day just to chat. And I just wish that my husband would talk to me that much. And so it's really frustrating for me because I feel like he talks to her more than he wants to talk to me. So what am I really supposed to do about setting those kind of boundaries with he and I in our relationship?
2: Wow. I mean, there's a big one. Yeah, king. yeah. That's a, that is a pattern. It king. is. It's a good it way is. to describe it. What would you say to that young married woman?
1: Well, and her true feelings were not that the mother-in-law calls and talks all the time. It was, I wish my husband would talk to me that much. Mm -hmm. That's the real statement in there.
2: What has to happen there? How does she begin to address this with her husband? What does she need to say? How does she need to say it? So that it doesn't alienate her from her mother-in-law. Right,
1: right. Because the mother-in-law is probably her best advocate in, in most cases. Um, so it's just an adjustment that needs to be made. And uh, But this is a conversation she has to have with her husband before it just builds up into resentment and explodes in an ugly way in an argument. Like, you don't love me. You only love your mom. And, yeah, that's all bad. And so if she could simply sit down and say, okay, I value your mom. She's made you a wonderful, godly man and I so appreciate the fruit of what your parents have put in your life. So because of that, I long for more time with you. And how can we work it in? It seems like you have a natural way of talking with your mom several times you know, a day. I would love for us to figure out what that's going to look like in our new relationship. Mm. So could we sit down and figure out how we can connect um, mm. on a really good level with our time together. And you know, when you come with an attitude that's not against anybody else, but for all of us, um, it usually will turn into a winning conversation. It's when you start blaming that then fireworks go off.
2: You know, it points to something that is so true in marriage. And I've said this many times. When you look at marriage, uh, you know, to me, this life is a metaphor for the spiritual life, what God intends for us. So he could have created uh, a way that we could reproduce without anybody else. Right. The animal and insect kingdom do it. But he decided, no, we're going to put Two people together, and they're going to really rub the selfish edges off of each other. And it's almost like God is wanting us to learn something very godly through our union as man and woman. And one of those things is selflessness. And what I hear you saying in that, Pam, is how she can uh, uphold the value of her mother-in-law in in that relationship, but teach her husband how to connect with her. And it's so critical. So often when we get bumped, what's in us spews out. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't prepared ourselves Mm -hmm. in a godly way, in a spiritual way, reading the word, um, ugly things can come out.
0: Well, your point is so well taken, Jim, because we love to teach about selflessness. We like to talk about selflessness. Mm -hmm. We don't actually like to be (laughs) selfless. Right. right. (laughs) And marriage forces selflessness upon us. It does. Okay, because... Like, like, it's a hard answer to this young lady. She obviously cares about her marriage. She obviously wants to have a really strong relationship with her husband. But the hard message to her is she needs to not compete with her mother-in-law. That right. her, her job is to captivate her husband, not compete with her mother-in-law. Mm. And if she falls in the trap of trying to change his behavior, she's in a position she cannot control. Mm. And it reminds me of a of a story that actually led to the first chapter in our book the first five years. We, we call it get in the game. Because this guy brought his wife into my office and obviously cared about his relationship, cared about the marriage. Um, but he fell into the trap that so many people fall into. He sat her down in my office and started telling her who she you needed to be. You need to,
1: to do be. this. And the Bible says <laughs> you need to do that. And if you'd only listen to God about this.
0: And honestly, you know, between all of us, intellectually, he was probably correct on a lot of things. Yeah. There were probably some things she needed to change. I um, mean, he was probably saying some of the right things, but the way he was saying it she and the position he it. was taking it mm-hmm. wasn't working. So speaking uh, truth without love. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I'm praying, okay, how do I break through to this guy? And I knew he was in the So I finally just stopped him. I said, you know what? You're not even in the game. You're like that guy that's sitting in the stands, yelling at the referee, yelling at the coach. You're not even on the field. I said, so you got you have a decision to make. You either need to, to like decide you don't want in the game at all, or you're going to learn how to, how to be a true husband. Play so, by God's rules. So get out of here, and you call me again if you want to get in the game. Wow. And I'm not sure what's going to happen at this point. But two weeks later, he called me. He said, okay, Bill, I want to get in the game. I want in the game. And he came back to my office saying, I obviously don't know how to do this, so would you teach me how to be a husband? And that was the attitude that turned their whole marriage around. Yeah, they
1: went from having divorce papers to having a happy marriage.
4: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
1: Did you know that when you buy resources from Focus on the Family Canada, your purchase helps strengthen marriages, equip parents, defend biblical principles, and more? Plus, we carefully select every item, which means you will only encounter quality, biblically sound resources that are safe for the whole family. Help give back to Canadian families by shopping at Focus on the Family Canada. Find biblically-based resources for your family at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca.
0: Financial Moments with Tom Copeland.
3: Paying down debt, saving for future needs, and balancing one's cash flow is often more difficult for a single person compared to a married couple who have two incomes. Although the biblical principles are the same, the practical application of the biblical principles can be different for singles. So if you're single or single again, including separated, divorced, widowed, or widower, then this financial study series is for you. This webinar series will be based upon my book, Financial Management God's Way, with additional case studies that apply to singles. The sessions will occur on Monday evenings from 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. EST, starting Monday, August the 23rd, and going for 12 weeks, except for the two statutory holidays. All sessions will take place on Zoom, so it doesn't matter where you live. There is no cost to join. However, I recommend that you purchase a copy of my book and do the homework in order to get the maximum benefit from this study. To learn more and to register, go to CopelandFinancialMinistries org. Again, CopelandFinancialMinistries dot Thanks
4: for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You're onto something here, Bill and Pam, that I think we should explore a little bit more, and that is those natural differences. You know, I was. I found them so endearing. <laughs> those, those things that she did. Uh, I mean, there we are, are so some, much alike. There are some <laughs> fundamental design differences here, and uh, we have an audio clip that kind of explains a little bit of the difficulty that we have encountering those and really embracing those differences. All right, so my wife comes up to me and
0: she's super emotional, and she just starts talking to me about these things. I have no idea where she's going with the conversation, and. I try to help her out by providing solutions, but she, she just gets mad at me. How do I deal with that? So what's the difference, and
4: how does he approach that? <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds a lot like our bestseller. Men are like waffles, we are like spaghetti. Yeah, we women tend to be very verbal, jumping from subject to subject to subject.
2: In and, rapid fire.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, that book got its title um, because of a couple like this. A man came up to Bill in he the said, gym. He, he
0: said, Bill, can I bring my wife in? I think she's broken.
2: <laughs> wow, I'm that's your start.
0: Now. I'm intrigued. So I said, "Absolutely, bring her in." So they came in. She's probably the most verbal woman I've met to this date. So they, <laughs> they no, sat down in my normal. office. He looked at her and went, "Go ahead."
1: And so she talked from subject to subject to subject to subject to subject for 55 straight minutes. Great. Oh, And when halfway through that, he looked at Bill like,
0: he, See, he, She does is... this all the time. <laughs> what I, like, I think something's wrong with her. She just goes on and on like this all the time.
1: And Bill said, okay, you just need to listen. So he uh, taught him some active listening skills. And so she hopped from subject to subject for 55 minutes. And then she leaned back and she said... Wow, that was really great. I mean, he really listened to me. Okay, so if I'm like spaghetti, you said that women travel and make connections. And if I'm like spaghetti, then what's he like?
0: And I said, well, you know, we're, we're done for today, but we'll meet in a couple of weeks. And I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a counselor's way of saying it. I don't know the answer, but I'll find out. And my boys were making toaster waffles in between those two meetings. And I went, I think that might work because I was looking for a guy way to explain this. And yeah. guys like food, so I figured it probably would work. And I explained to them that men compartmentalize their thinking. We really like to break life down to one issue at a time. That's why we're problem solvers. Like the guy said, I, I want to give her solutions. Like that That's a sincere, motivated response from a guy. We really do want to give solutions. We want to break things down, give an answer, create a, a, a plan to move forward, and be heroic. That's our brain chemistry. That's yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. And so I explained that to this couple, and I told her, okay, it's his turn to talk this week. You cannot change subjects. And it was really hard for her. Like six times in that meeting, I had to stop her and said, you can't go there. That's not the subject. Mm -hmm.
1: Back to this box.
0: Right. And so when we get married, we don't realize that we've married somebody very different than us and that we have to learn new communication skills.
2: But in your first five years of marriage, how do both the man and the woman learn to complement this rather than critique it and criticize it? How did they really it's hard. take a deep <laughs> breath? Because it's it hard. probably creates the greatest amount of conflict yeah. because you're not communicating and you start shutting down. Like I remember
0: we're sitting in our living room. We're having a nice conversation, and I said something. I to this day I still can't tell you what it is that I said, but I got this incredible reaction from Pam. She just jumped out of her chair, ran to our bedroom. You
1: don't love me anymore. Slam the door. <laughs> Look back to see if he'd followed me.
0: It sounds like Pam remembers <laughs> what you said. <laughs> and Jim, I'm thinking, what, what? First of all, what just happened, and then what am I supposed to do? Like my dad never told me marriage was going to be like this. Mm.
1: One guy said, "Yeah, run, Forrest, run."
0: And I was where a lot of guys are. We're like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Like my wife just gave this emotional outburst. uh, And in my mind, I'm thinking, do I follow her into the bedroom and try to repair this? Or should I sit here in the living room and outlast this behavior that looks really bad to me? Maybe she just needs space. <laughs> right. And I'm totally guessing. And I, you're wrong either way. Exactly. <laughs> I learned that lesson. Exactly. One time I
2: stayed back, why didn't you come in and talk with me? <laughs> the next time it was, why'd you come in? I'm still angry at you. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's going, oh, man, this is a lose-lose um, proposition. A rock hard place, yeah. Well, and as men, we need
0: to learn that women process. That they don't always need answers. They process. Yeah. And they're connecting life. It's one of the main ways that women build trust is they connect their life to the person they think is important.
1: Yeah, but, we call it the, do we need to fix something or is it a uh-huh conversation? Yes, and what that means is,
0: good.
1: oh, uh-huh, oh, baby, yeah, uh-huh. You know, we just want okay. empathy and sympathy.
0: Can I speak for the guys for just a moment? <laughs> Please. Because like, like when <laughs> we <laughs> like, get married, save us. <laughs> women think guys know this because... All her girlfriends know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just upset. I just need to talk. Oh, okay, you just go. As guys, we don't know that.
2: No, we don't have that compartment built yet. We need
0: to be <laughs> told. Yeah. And and so many women get offended. Well, well, if he really understood me, he wouldn't need to be told.
2: He would just know. Yeah, and well, I and,
1: tell wives all the time. No, just <laughs> tell him. Just tell him yeah, what yeah. you need. Because <laughs> she's thinking it's
2: a measure of how much you love me and care yes. for me that you would know this without <laughs> me having to describe it to yes. you. Exactly. You should and just he's read going, my mind. Uh. <laughs>
0: See, but as guys, like like Jim, if we're friends growing up, and you're all upset like that, I just tack you to the ground, and
2: give you a noogie until you're doing better. Right. Right. I no, can't true. bring
0: that skill in the marriage. <laughs> right. It right. doesn't work well. It's <laughs> called being <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's
2: right. Hey, listen, uh, you know, we're talking about that. Women can struggle uh, to understand the way your husband thinks and and his ego. I think on the if it's trying to communicate mm-hmm. with your wives, if that's the male shortcoming, on the female side, she may not fully understand how much a guy needs to be appreciated. That's right. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of our great weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, Pam, how can you help a, a young married woman understand the ego needs, appropriately, of her husband.
1: Right, because it's right on the surface. You know, I discovered really early in our marriage we were – um, we were at a party and it was, you know, like a backyard barbecue kind of thing, but there was music playing and Bill's like a really good dancer. And so he's, you know, whisking me around the floor and he does this big dip move, super romantic and all where are Wes, you know, everybody's staring at us. It's wonderful. Then he drops me on the floor.
0: <laughs> drops you? Yeah. Drop
1: and her so I'm on the floor. floor. I'm yep. like, why am I on the floor, honey? <laughs> and he said,
0: I just ripped my pants.
1: And I, I got up and I looked, and I'm like. Oh, you guys. I spun him around. Look, Bill just ripped his pants. And I thought it was funny. All of our friends thought it was funny. Bill did not think it was funny. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really, really, really quiet ride home. And I realized that day, probably not a good idea to criticize your husband in public. It's not even a really great idea at home when nobody's around, but it's a really bad idea to make him look bad in public. Mm. And it's that whole male ego thing, you know? And one of the things that a newlywed wife can do to do herself a favor is to help her husband look good to the people that matter in his life. You know, help him look good to his boss and his family and, you know, his friendship circle and those buddies on the ball field, you know, it's okay to brag on your man.
4: Well, the time always goes so quickly. Whenever we get a chance to talk to Bill and Pam Farrell and we'll continue this conversation next time on Focus on the Family.
2: Hey John, they are such a fun couple mm-hmm. and I really appreciate what they shared today. I think the most important point is that we are all naturally selfish and selfish people don't miraculously become selfless uh, when they get married. And part of God's design for marriage is to help us become more like Christ by putting us together to smooth out those sharp edges. In Ephesians 4-2, the Apostle Paul encourages us, and I'm paraphrasing here, to bear with one another in love, with patience, humility, and gentleness. That's a great place to start in your marriage. I would agree.
4: It's not always easy, though, which is why... I so appreciate what the Farrells shared about finding
2: a mentor couple. Uh, That can be so helpful at any stage of your relationship. We all need to help each other, and that's why Focus on the Family provides so many resources. Uh, We don't want you to do marriage by yourself. So please, come visit our website and discover what we have for you. And I'd recommend starting with our free marriage assessment, which will help you identify the strengths of your relationship and maybe a few weaknesses, things to work on, then you can start going to work on those weaknesses with a huge selection of marriage articles, devotionals, and by listening to our Focus on Marriage podcast. And remember, you can always get a free call back from one of our caring Christian counselors as well. Yeah, we are here to help, and the starting point
4: is focusonthefamily.ca.
2: And if you believe in marriage and would like to help other couples, please consider joining our team with a monthly pledge to focus on the Family Canada. Any amount, large or small, helps us develop tools and resources to help marriages and families thrive in Christ. And when you get in touch, ask about how to get a copy of the Farrell's book, The First Five Years. Get a copy for a young couple in your life. And you can do that by calling one 800
4: the letter a in the word family 800-232-6459, or donate generously as you can, and request your book at focusonthefamily.ca. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, please tell a friend to tune in next time. The Farrells will be back, tackling more issues that tend to crop up in those early days of marriage, like this one.
1: So I've only been married for a few years, um, but my husband seems to be obsessed with video games. It seems like he spends more time doing that than he does with me or our two-year-old son. Um, How can I get him to recognize that he's addicted to this?
4: On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.